Good morning. Hope you had a good week. Hope you have a very Merry Christmas this week. Uh, here is U.S. President number five, James Monroe, part one. James Monroe, April 28, 1758 to July 4th, 1831, was an American statesman, lawyer, diplomat, and founding father who served as the fifth president of the United States from 1817 to 1825. A member of the Democratic-Republican Party, Monroe was the last president of the Virginia dynasty. His presidency coincided with the era of good feelings. He is perhaps best known for issuing the Monroe Doctrine, a policy of opposing European colonialism in the Americas. He also served as the governor of Virginia, a member of the United States Senate, the U.S. Ambassador to France and Britain, the 7th Secretary of State, and the 8th Secretary of War. Born into a planter family in Westmoreland County, Virginia, Monroe served in the Continental Army during the Revolutionary, American Revolutionary War. After studying law under Thomas Jefferson from 1780 to 1783, he served as a delegate in the Continental Congress. As a delegate to the Virginia Ratifying Convention, Monroe opposed the ratification of the United States Constitution. In 1790, he won an election to the Senate where he became a leader of the Democratic Republican Party. He left the Senate in 1794 to serve as President George Washington's ambassador to France, but was recalled by Washington in 1796. Monroe won the election as governor of Virginia in 1799 and strongly supported Jefferson's candidacy in the 1800 presidential election. As President Jefferson's special envoy, Monroe helped negotiate the Louisiana Purchase, through which the United States nearly doubled in size. Monroe fell out with his longtime friend James Madison after Madison rejected the Monroe Pinckney Treaty that Monroe negotiated with Britain. He unsuccessfully challenged Madison in the 1808 presidential election, but in April 1811 he rejoined Madison's administration as Secretary of State. During the later stages of the War of 1812, Monroe simultaneously served as Madison's Secretary of State and Secretary of War. His wartime leadership establishment of Madison's heir apparent, and he easily defeated Federalist Party candidate Rufus King in the 1816 presidential election. Monroe's presidency was co-terminous with the era of good feelings as the Federalist Party collapsed as a national political force. As president, Monroe signed the Missouri Compromise, which admitted Missouri as a slave state and banned slavery from 30... Twin territories north of the parallel, 36 degrees, 30 minutes north. In foreign affairs, Monroe and Secretary of State John Quincy Adams favored a policy of conciliation with Britain and a policy of expansion against the Spanish Empire. In 1819, Adams' onus treaty with Spain, the United States secured Florida and established its new western border with New Spain. In 1823, Monroe announced the United States' opposition to any European intervention in the recently independent countries of the Americas with the Monroe Doctrine, which became a landmark in American foreign policy. Monroe was a member of the American Colonization Society, which supported the colonization of Africa by freed slaves, and Liberia's, Liberia's capital of Monrovia is named in his honor. Following his retirement in 1825, Monroe was plagued by financial difficulties and he died on July 4, 1831. In New York City, he had been generally ranked as an above-average president by historians. Early Life 
James Monroe was born on April 28, 1758 in his parents' house in a wooded area of Westmoreland County, Virginia. The Mark site is, on, is one mile from the unincorporated community known today as Monroe Hall, Virginia. The James Monroe family home site was listed in the National Register of Historic Places in 1979. His father, Spence Monroe, 1727-1774, was a moderately prosperous planter who also practiced carpentry. His mother, Elizabeth Jones, 1730-1772, married Spence Monroe, in 1752, and they had five children, Elizabeth, James, Spence, Andrew, and Joseph Jones. His paternal great-great-grandfather, Patrick Andrew Monroe, immigrated to America from Scotland in the mid-17th century and was part of an ancient Scottish clan known as Clan Monroe. In 1650, he patented a large tract of land in Washington Parish, Westmoreland County, Virginia. Monroe's mother was a daughter of James Jones, who immigrated from Wales and settled in nearby King George County, Virginia. Jones was a wealthy architect, also among James Monroe's ancestors were French Huguenot immigrants who came to Virginia in 1700. At age 11, Monroe was enrolled in a lone school in the county. He attended school only 11 weeks a year as his labor was needed on the farm. During this time, Monroe formed a lifelong friendship with an older classmate, James John Marshall. Monroe's mother died in 1772 and his father two years later. Though he inherited property from both of his parents, a 16-year-old Monroe was forced to withdraw from school to support his younger brothers. His childless maternal uncle, Joseph Jones, became a surrogate father to Monroe and his siblings. A member of the Virginia House of Burgess, Jones took Monroe to the capital of Williamsburg, Virginia, and enrolled him in the College of William and Mary. Jones also introduced Monroe to important Virginians such as Thomas Jefferson, Patrick Henry, and George Washington. In 1774, opposition to the British government grew in the 13 colonies. In reaction to the Intolerable Acts, and Virginia sent a delegation to the First Continental Congress. Monroe became involved in the opposition to Lord Denmore, the colonial governor of Virginia, and took part in the storming of the governor's palace. Revolutionary War Service In early 1776, about a year and a half after his enrollment, Monroe dropped out of college and joined the 3rd Virginia Regiment, in the Continental Army. As the fledging army valued literacy in its officers, Monroe was commissioned with the rank of lieutenant under Captain William Washington. After months of training, Monroe and 700 Virginia infantry were called north to serve in the New York and New Jersey campaign. Shortly after the Virginians arrived, George Washington led the army in a retreat from New York City into New Jersey and then across the Delaware River into Pennsylvania. In late December, Monroe took part in a surprise attack on a Hessian encampment at the Battle of Trenton, though the attack was successful, Monroe suffered a severe a severed artery in the battle and nearly died. In the aftermath, Washington decided Monroe and William Washington for their bravery and promoted Monroe to captain. After his wounds healed, Monroe returned to Virginia to recruit his own company of soldiers. His partition in the battle was memorialized in John Trumbull's painting, The Capture of the Hessians at Trenton, December 26, 1776, as well as Emmanuel Lutz. 1851, Washington crossing the Delaware. Lacking the wealth to induce soldiers to, his, to join his company, Monroe instead asked his uncle to return him to the front. Monroe was assigned to the staff of General William Alexander, Lord Sterling. During this time, he formed a close friendship with the Marquis de Lafayette, a French volunteer who encouraged him to view the war as part of a wider struggle against religious and political tyranny. 
Monroe served in the Philadelphia Campaign and spent the winter of 1777 to 1778 at the encampment of Valley Forge, sharing a log hut with Marshall. After serving in the Battle of Monmouth, the destitute Monroe res resigned his commission in December 1778 and joined his uncle in Philadelphia. After the British captured Savannah, the Virginia legislature decided to raise four regiments and Monroe returned to his native state, hoping to receive his own command. With letters of recommendation from Washington, Sterling, and Alexander Hamilton, Monroe received a commission as a lieutenant colonel and was expected to lead one of the regiments, but recruitment again proved to be a problem. On Jones' advice, Monroe returned to Williamsburg to study law, becoming a protege of Virginia Governor Thomas Jefferson. With the British increasingly focusing their operations in the southern colonies, the Virginians moved the capital to the more the defenseless city of Richmond. And Monroe accompanied Jefferson to the new capital. As governor of Virginia, Jefferson held command over his militia and made Monroe a colonel. Monroe established a messenger network to coordinate with the Continental Army and other state militias still unable to raise any army due to a lack of interested recruits. Monroe traveled to his home in King George County and thus was not present for the British raid of Richmond. <coughs> As both the Continental Army and the Virginia Militia had an abundance of officers, Monroe did not serve during the Yorktown campaign and much to his frustration did not take part in the siege of Yorktown. Although Andrew Jackson served as a courier in the militia unit at age 13, Monroe was guarded as the last U.S. president who was a Revolutionary War veteran. Since he served as an officer of the Continental Army and took part in combat, as a result of his service in Monroe, Monroe became a member of the Society of the Cincinnati. Monroe resumed studying law under Jefferson and continued until 1783. He was not particularly interested in legal theory or practice, but chose to take it up because he thought it offered the most immediate rewards and could ease his path to wealth, social standing, and political influence. Monroe was admitted to the Virginia Bar and practiced in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Marriage and Family Elizabeth Courtright On February 16, 1786, Monroe married Elizabeth Courtright, 1768-1830, in New York City. She was the daughter of Hannah Aspenwall Courtright and Lawrence Courtright, a wealthy trader and former British officer. Monroe met her while serving in the Continental Congress. After a brief honeymoon on Long Island, New York, the Monroes returned to New York City to live with their father until Congress adjourned. They then moved to Virginia, settling in Charlottesville, Virginia in 1789. They bought an estate in Charlottesville known as Ashlawn Highland, settling on the property in 1799. The Monroes had three children. Eliza Monroe Hay was born in Fredericksburg, Virginia in 1786 and was educated in Paris at the school of Madame Campin. During the time her father was in the United States Ambassador to France. In 1808, she married George Hay, a prominent Virginia attorney. He had served as prosecutor in the trial of Aaron Burr and later as a U.S. District Judge. She died in 1840. Jane Spence Monroe was born in 1799 and died 16 months later in 1800. Maria Hester Monroe, 1804 to 1850, married her cousin Samuel L. Governor on March 8. 1820 in the White House, the first president's child to marry there. Plantation and Slavery, Oak Hill Mansion. Monroe sold a small Virginia plantation in 1783 to enter law and politics. He later fulfilled his childhood dream of becoming an owner, the owner of a large plantation and wielding great political power, but his plantation was never profitable. 
Although he owned much more land and many more slaves and speculated in property, he was rarely on site to oversee the operations. Overseers treated the slaves harshly to perforce production, but the plantations barely broke even. Monroe incurred debts by his lavish, expensive lifestyle and often sold property, including slaves, to pay them off. Overseers moved or separated slave families from different Monroe plantations in accordance with production and maintenance needs of each satellite plantation. One of Monroe's slaves, Daniel, often ran away from his plantation in Abermarley County to visit other slaves or separated family members. Monroe commonly called Daniel a scandal and described his witness as a runaway slave. The practice of moving and separating slave families was common in the South. Every political Early political career, Virginia politics. Monroe was elected to the Virginia House of Delegates in 1782 after serving on Virginia Executive Council. He was elected to the Congress of the Confederation in November 1783 and served in Annapolis until Congress convened in Trenton, New Jersey in June 1784. He had served a total of three years when he finally retired from the office by the rule of rotation. By that time, the government was meeting in the temporary capital in, of New York City. In 1784, Monroe undertook an extensive trip through western New York and Pennsylvania to inspect the conditions in the Northwest. The tour convinced him that the United States had to pressure Britain to abandon its post in the region and assert control in the, of the Northwest. While serving in Congress, Monroe became an advocate for western expansion and played a key role in the writing and passage of the Northwest Ordinance. The ordinance created the Northwest Territory providing for federal administration of the territory west of Pennsylvania and north of the Ohio River. During this period, Jefferson continued to serve as a mentor to Monroe, and at Jefferson's prompting, he befriended another prominent Virginian, James Madison. Monroe resigned from Congress in 1786 to focus on his legal career, and he became an attorney for the state. In 1787, Monroe won election to another term in the Virginia House of Delegates. Though he had become outspoken in his desire to reform the Articles, he was unable to attend the Philadelphia Convention due to his work obligations. In 1788, Monroe became a delegate in, to, to the Virginia Ratifying Convention in Virginia. The struggle over the ratification of the proposed Constitution involved more than a simple clash between Federalists and Anti-Federalists. Virginians held a full spectrum of opinions about the merits of the proposed change in national government. Washington and Madison were leading supporters. Patrick Henry and George Mason were leading opponents. Those who held the middle ground of the, in the ideological struggle became the central figures. Led by Monroe and Edmund Pendleton, these Federalists who are for the amendments criticized the absence of a Bill of Rights and worried about surrendering taxation powers to the central government. After Madison reversed himself and promised to pass a Bill of Rights, the Virginia Convention ratified the Constitution by a narrow vote, though Monroe himself voted against it. Virginia was the tenth state to ratify the Constitution, and all 13 states eventually ratified the document. Senator Henry, another anti-Federalist, hoped to elect a Congress that would amend the Constitution to take away most of the powers that had been granted, commit suicide on its own authority, as Madison put it. Henry recruited Monroe to run against Madison for a House seat in the first Congress, and he had the Virginia legislature draw a congressional district designed to elect Monroe. During the campaign, Madison and Monroe often traveled together, and the election did not destroy their friendship. Madison prevailed over Monroe taking 1,308 votes compared to Monroe's 972 votes. Following his defeat, Monroe returned to his legal duties and developed his farm in Charlottesville. After the death of 
sons of William Grayson in 1790, Monroe was elected to serve as the remainder of Grayson's terms. During the presidency of George Washington, U.S. policy became increasingly polarized between the supporters of Secretary of State Jefferson and the Federalists, led by Secretary of the Treasury Alexander Hamilton. Monroe sternly stood firmly with Jefferson, opposing Hamilton's strong central government and strong executive. The Democratic-Republican Party coalesced around Jefferson and Madison, and Monroe became one of the fledging party's leaders in the Senate. He also helped organize opposition to John Adams in the 1792 election, though Adams defeated George Clinton to re win re-election. As the 1790s progressed, the French Revolutionary Wars became came to the dominant U.S. foreign policy with British and French raids, both threatening U.S. trade with Europe. Like most other Jeffersonians, Monroe supported the French Revolution, but Hamilton's followers tended to sympathize more with Britain. In 1794, hoping to find a war to avoid a way to avoid war with both countries, Washington appointed Monroe as his minister and ambassador to France. At the same time, he appointed the Anglophile Federalist John Jay as minister to Britain. Minister to France. After arriving in France, Monroe addressed the National Convention, receiving a standing ovation for a speech celebrating republicanism. He experienced several early diplomatic successes, including the protection of U.S. trade from French attacks. He also used his influence to win the release of Thomas Paine and Adrienne de la Fayette, the wife of the Marquis de Lafayette. Months after Monroe arrived in France, the U.S. and Great Britain concluded the Jay Treaty, outraging both the French and Monroe, not fully informed about the treaty prior to its publication. Despite the considerable, the undesirable effects of the Jay Treaty on Franco-American relations, Monroe won French support for U.S. navigational rights on the Mississippi River, and the mouth of which was controlled by Spain. And in 1795, the U.S. and Spain signed Pinckney's Treaty. The treaty granted the U.S. limited rights to use the port of New Orleans. Washington said Monroe was inefficient, disruptive, and failed to safeguard the national interest. He called Monroe in November 1796. Returning to, his returning to his home in Charlottesville, he resumed his dual careers as a farmer and lawyer. Jefferson and Madison urged Monroe to run for Congress, but Monroe chose to focus on state politics instead. In 1798, Monroe published a view of the conduct of the executive in the foreign affairs of the United States connected with the mission to the French Republic during the years of 1794, 95, and 96. It was a long defense of his term as Minister of France. He followed the advice of his friend Robert Livingston, who cautioned him to repress every harsh and acrimonious comment about Washington. However, he did complain that too much, too often the U.S. government had been too close to Britain, especially regarding the Jay Treaty. Washington made notes on his copy, writing, The truth is more Monroe was cajoled, flattered, and made to believe strange things. In return, he did or was disposed to do whatever was pleasing to that nation reluctantly urging the rights of his own. Confrontations and strife with Alexander, Ham Alexander Hamilton. Back in 1792, then Senator Monroe was investing in charges of corruption and misuse of federal funds earmarked as pay for Revolutionary War veterans when he encountered Claims that Secretary of Treasury Alexander was involved, Monroe, Fred, Frederick Muhlenberg, and Abraham Venable determined that Frank Hamilton had been making payments to James Reynolds of co-conspiracy in the financial scheme using government money. The investigating committee prepared a report for George Washington but confronted Hamilton before sending it. Hamilton confessed not to the corruption charge but instead to an affair with 
Reynolds' wife, Maria. He claimed Reynolds had found out and was blackmailing him and offered letters to prove his story. The investigators immediately dropped the matter and Monroe promised Hamilton he would keep the matter private. When another suspect in that investigation, John Klingham, Klingman told Maria Reynolds about the claim she had had an affair with Hamilton. She denied it, claiming the letters had been forged to help cover up the corruption. Klingman went to Monroe about this. Monroe added that interview to his notes and sent the entire set to a friend, possibly Thomas Jefferson, for safekeeping. Unfortunately, the secretary who was involved in managing the notes of this investigation made copies and gave them to scandal writer James Callender. Five years later, shortly after Monroe was recalled from France, Callender published actions against Hamlin based on those notes. Hamlin and his wife thought this was retaliation and part of Monroe for the recall and confronted by Hamlin via letter. In subsequent meeting between the two of them, where Hamilton had suggested each bring a second, Hamilton accused Monroe of lying and challenged him to a duel while such challenges were usually hot air. In this case, Monroe replied, I am ready, get your pistols. The second, their second interceded and an arrangement was made to give Hamlin documentation of what had occurred with the investigation. Hamlin was not satisfied with the subsequent explanation, and at the end of an exchange of letters, the two were threatening duels. Again, Monroe chose Aaron Burr as a second. Burr worked as a negotiator between the two parties, believing they were both being childish and eventually helped settle matters. Governor of Virginia and Diplomat On a party-line vote, the Virginia legislature elected Monroe as governor of Virginia in 1799. He would serve as governor until 1802. The Constitution of Virginia endowed the governor with very few powers, aside from commanding the militia when the assembly called into action. But Monroe used his statute to convince the legislature to enhance state involvement in transportation and education and to increase training for the militia. Monroe also began to gain to give state of the Commonwealth addresses to the legislature, which he believed highlighted areas in which he believed the legislature should act. Monroe also led an effort to create the state's first penitentiary and imprisonment and replace other often harsher punishments. In 1800, Monroe called out the state militia to suppress Gabriel's rebellion, a slave rebellion originating on a plantation six miles from the capital of Richmond. Gabriel and 27 other enslaved people were participated were all hanged for treason. Monroe thought that foreign and federal elements had created the quasi-war of 1798-1800, and he strongly supported Thomas Jefferson's candidacy for president in 1800. Federalists were likewise suspicious of Monroe, and some viewing him at best as a French dupe and at worst a traitor. With the power to appoint re-election officials in Virginia, Monroe exercised influence to help Jefferson win Virginia's presidential electors. He also considered using Virginia's militia to force the outcome in favor of Jefferson. Jefferson won the 1800 election, and he appointed Madison as a Secretary of State. As a member of Jefferson's party and the leader of the largest state in the country, Monroe emerged as one of Jefferson's two most likely successors alongside Madison. Louisiana Purchase and Minister to Great Britain Shortly after the end of Monroe's gubernatorial tenure, President Jefferson sent Monroe back to France to assist Ambassador Robert R. Livingston in negotiating the Louisiana Purchase. In the 1800 Treaty of San Ildefonso, France, had acquired the territory of Louisiana from Spain. At the time, many of the U.S. believed that France also acquired West Florida in the same treaty. The American delegation originally sought to acquire West Florida and the city of New Orleans, which controlled the trade of the Mississippi River, determined to acquire New Orleans, even if it meant war with France. Jefferson also authorized Monroe to form an alliance 
but the British and the French refused to sell the city. Meanwhile, the Francois Barbe Marbois, the French born minister, Monroe and Livingston agreed to purchase the entire territory of Louisiana for $15 million. The purchase became known as the Louisiana Purchase. In agreeing to the purchase, Monroe violated instructions, which had only allowed $9 million for the purchase of New Orleans and West Florida. The French did not acknowledge that West Florida remained in Spanish possession, and the United States would claim that France had sold West Florida to the United States for several years to come. Though he had not ordered the purchase of the entire territory, Jefferson strongly supported Monroe's actions when it shared that the United States would continue to expand to the West. Overcoming doubts about whether the Constitution authorized the purchase of foreign territory, Jefferson won congressional approval for the Louisiana Purchase, and the acquisition doubled the size of the United States. Monroe would travel to Spain in 1805 to try to win the secession of West Florida, but with the support of France, Spain refused to consider relinquishing the territory. After the resolution of Rufus King, Monroe was appointed as ambassador to Great Britain in 1803. The greatest issue of contention between the United States and Britain was that of impressment of the U.S. sailors. Many U.S. merchants employed British seamen who had deserted or dodged conscription, and the British frequently impressed sailors on U.S. ships in hopes of quelling their manpower issues. Many of the sailors they impressed had never been British subjects, and Monroe was tasked with persuading the British to stop their practice of impressment. Monroe found little success in this endeavor, partly due to Jefferson's alienation of the British minister to the United States, Anthony Mary, rejecting Jefferson's offer to serve as the first governor of Louisiana Territory, Monroe continued to serve as ambassador to Britain until 1807. In 1806, he negotiated the Monroe-Pinckney Treaty with Great Britain. It would have extended the Jay Treaty of 1794, which had expired after 10 years. Jefferson had fought the Jay Treaty intensely in 1794-95 because he felt it would allow the British to subvert American republicanism. The treaty had produced 10 years of peace and highly lucrative trade for American merchants, but Jefferson was still opposed. When Monroe and the British signed a new treaty in December 1806, Jefferson refused to admit to submit it to the Senate for ratification, although the treaty called for 10 more years of the trade between the United States and the British Empire and gave American merchants guarantees that would have been good for business. Jefferson was unhappy that it did not end the hatred hated British practice of impressment and refused to give the potential weapon of commercial warfare against Britain. The president made no attempt to obtain another treaty, and as a result, two nations drifted from peace toward the War of 1812. Monroe was severely pained by the administration's repudiation of the treaty, and he fell out of the Secretary of State, James Madison. <coughs> 1808 election and the quids. On his return to Virginia in 1807, Monroe received a warm reception, and many urged him to run in the 18th presidential election. After Jefferson refused to submit to the Monroe-Pinckney Treaty, Monroe had come to believe that Jefferson had snubbed the treaty out of the desire to avoid elevating Monroe above Madison in 1808. But out of deference to Jefferson, Monroe agreed to avoid actively campaigning for the presidency, but he did not rule out accepting the draft effort. The Democratic Republican Party was increasingly factionalized with old Republicans or quids denouncing the Jefferson administration for abandoning what they considered to be true Republican principles. The quids tried to enlist Monroe in their cause. The plan was to run Monroe for president. In the 1808 election, in cooperation with the Federalist Party, which had a strong base in New York, New England, John Randolph of Roanoke led the quid effort to stop Jefferson's choice of Madison. The regular Democratic Republicans overcame the quiz in the 
nominated caucus, kept control of the party in Virginia, and protected Madison's base. Monroe did not publicly criticize Jefferson or Madison during Madison's campaign against Federalist Charles Coltsworth Pickney, but he refused to support Madison. Madison defeated Pickney by a large margin, carrying all but one state outside of New England. Monroe won 3,400 votes in Virginia, but received little support elsewhere. After the election, Monroe quickly reconciled with Jefferson, but the friendship endured. The furthest restraints when Jefferson did not promote Bob Monroe's candidacy to Congress in 1809. Monroe did not speak with Madison until 1810. Returning to private life, he devoted his attentions to farming at the Charlottesville estate. Thank you for listening. Part 2 will be next week. I hope you stay safe. Stay home if you can. Practice social distancing. If you do go out, wash, wear a mask, wash your hands during this coronavirus pandemic. As we look forward to our normalcy, whatever and whenever that may be. I hope you have a Merry Christmas and have a good week. Thank you.